0: This is the remix. Good find his own goal. Colt take it away. Shut up the post. though. No. Rebound wide. Riley put it off the post. Now centering. They score. Carlson to Marcheseau. They wouldn't give up. They had three
1: glorious chances. And they finally buried it. Jonathan Marcheseau ties it up. 1-1. Seven minutes into the first. Shove it in. Marcheseau again, left corner, up
2: top, Petrangelo waits, to the left, Marcheseau
0: scores! Power play goal, ripped it home from the left circle. Three to one, Golden Knights, 8.32 to go in the second.
1: Bishy, bishy. Smith and Marcheseau buzzing in front, Marcheseau! Hat-trick, Golden Knights take a three goal lead! Smith set it up across the crease,
0: Marcheseau delivers a playoff hat-trick. And the Golden Knights on top of the Avs, 4-1 in game four. Whacking that thing around. Upon further video review, the call on the ice is overturned. We have a good goal.
2: Next question this morning comes from Justin Emerson, the Las Vegas Sun.
1: Hey Mark, you guys have played pretty well over the last two games. Came out with Win in one of them, so I guess how much of the game plan for Game Four is kind of stay the course and do what you've been doing, and how much of that is 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 knowing that uh, that you guys do need. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, I guess that how much um, that you. Wow. Sorry. Um. I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry.
0: Boom. Sadness. That's the one.
1: Oh, poor Justin Everson. The Gold Knights win a game. To get back to 2-2 in the series, <laughs> dominate the avalanche, and the thing we've talked about the most is that question by Justin Emerson or lack of a question by Justin Emerson, whatever you want to call it.
0: Stone him. was the one who said, I got you? Uh, yes, yeah, such... that was
1: Mark Stone being a kind human and being like, I can see you're drowning. I will try to save you. All right. <laughs> if
2: I'm the only one who's just like, come on, Mark, let him go for another
1: couple Yes, yeah. It would have been much better for us. If Mark Stone had not said anything, never said anything and just stared back like, well, <laughs> what's the rest of this question? I'm, I'm eager to answer it, but I don't uh, know what it is. All right. Important time. It's actually back. It's the first time we've done Grades yeah. with you in like a week. It's nice. been Adam Candy filling in. Here we go.
3: Grainy's Grades.
2: What you have just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought?
3: Grades, Graves.
2: Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
3: Grades, Graves. God damn it! I hate Jack
1: Patrick. First topic to grade Ed. Max Crosby's siren spin. D
0: minus. D minus. First of all, first of all, he starts starts with employing the the crowd to cheer. If there's one arena slash stadium building in the history of sports that you don't have to tell people to cheer, it's T-Mobile Arena that's almost sold out. They cheer no matter what. It's in between... Periods and nothing's happening, and they're on their feet cheering. So that's bad. Second of all, for a t- for a defensive end in the NFL to grab that thing and not how really know how to uh, um, perform this, he he grabs it and he twists it to the side twice. You've got to keep that thing straight. And narrow as you as you crank the siren. For some reason, he had to twist it both ways. Uh, I, I I don't like this one. It would not make my top three in rankings. Osloberger was better than this. So Crosby doesn't even make top three honorable mention.
1: Okay, your rankings are oh, awesome. of the best siren Great. cranks, it's the best, the best, are so unbelievably bad. Yeah, woo goo to you. I can't get over this. No, woo goo to you because. All of the criticism you just gave for Max Crosby is exactly what Derek Carr did. He, no, Car, he twisted Car, the, to the side. Twice. Car was far more Marie, intense, with his, far more intense with his face. Had to hold no. it still for Derek Carr because he couldn't stop twisting. Facial it to the expressions
0: side. put Car over the top. He was a complete lunatic uh, in 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 the best way. When you do this, I mean, look, he spun it for uh, four seconds. But those four seconds were the best four, four seconds. It
1: wasn't. Yes, Arroyo, I. Told, I tweeted this at you. I Jonathan you did. Abram I had more cranks no, per second. he was second dancing. It's the only reason he got Carr. third was dancing.
0: He eliminated Austin. Otzelberger with the dance. Um, Arroyo's the Hall of Famer. We both agree Completely out that. of his mind. I
1: can't believe you think Derek Carr's is the second best. Yes. It's not even close I to Abrams. I loved Carr's
0: facial expressions and his intensity in the it's moment. It's not
1: even close no, to Abrams. Abrams is so much no, better. No, Otzelberger's is better than Carr. No, Derek he was Carr. eliminated.
0: Iowa State's been eliminated from the competition.
1: Both Carr and Crosby no. are fine. I give them both B's. B. They're both fine. B. But there is no way you can argue they're better than Jonathan Abrams.
0: I have, and I will, and it's I did. It's the worst
1: argument you no, ever made. No. No, i made some worst. pretty bad arguments. Abram, <laughs> Abram versus Carr was 13 seconds to 4 seconds.
0: You're talking about like longevity. I'm talking and, about in those 4 seconds, Carr with his intensity and his facial expressions. Abr- and by the way, Max Crosby again, I'm watching again. Come on, cheer for me, cheer for me. You're, you, they
1: cheer for everything in that place. You don't have to tell them to cheer. Abram cranked it more times per second than Carr. This four seconds of Carr was great is false. No. It's it is. Awesome. I, I slowed down the video to count just to prove you wrong, and you I, are still ignoring it.
2: I don't have a false.
1: Oh, you got to work on that, Jerry. We Come can on. at
0: least agree Failure. that Wugu is the number one.
1: Marcus Arroyo is number one. He's number one. It's going to take a lot to unseat Marcus Arroyo. Oh. I don't know if it's possible. You might have to throw the siren into the crowd (laughs) to beat Marcus Arroyo. You're going to hit somebody, and they're going to cheer. All right. Next topic to grade is Max Pacioretty. Well...
0: Again, given how important game-winning goals are oh, in the NHL playoffs, I, you I have up to say, and he's on the line that is completely shut down. McKinnon. I'm going to give Max Pacioretty and A. A. Hey. Hey. Gotta stop this. They won. I, I, they won five to one. Two goals. Oh, actually, he has three game-winning goals because one was yes. against Minnesota. They've, so three game-winning goals in the in the playoffs.
1: Two uh, of his game-winning goals in the playoffs have been in blowouts. Okay, in but, games that aren't even close. And we're getting like the game-winning score, goals. He scores in the second period. Game-winning goal. Unbelievable. I, Imagine I, calling a, a game winning home run because you hit it in the sixth inning to
0: go up seven to two. Listen, I just wanted Twitter to tell me if it was a sniper or not last night. A, was snipe. a snipe. It was a snipe. I saw was. that. I saw that from a lot of people.
2: Is this sort of like Mike Grimala arguing that it's a buzzer beater even though there's time left yes. on the clock?
1: Yes, very similar. <laughs> Mike Grimala thinks it's a buzzer beater even if there's time left on the clock. Mike doesn't eat are... croissants. Look, can we yeah, end the conversation that. With, Dak, you with him right now? Max, Max Pacioretty gets an A+. Plus. Okay. A+. Plus. He's on this team for one reason. Oversimplifying of course. it because he helps defensively. But he's on this team to score. He's got three goals in five playoff games. Right, That's phenomenal. This is a team that, as we've said over and over, they have had long droughts of offense in the playoffs last season and this season. Max Pacioretty scoring three times in five goals is phenomenal. And then you throw in the fact that McKinnon's line against Stone's line has been useless. Like, it's unbelievable what they've done with that line, and Max Patrick is actually scoring goals. A plus for him. A plus. Next topic: Jonathan Marchessault's first goal. F fail. A
0: plus. <laughs> F fail. A plus. So the F fail obviously goes to the Avalanche and Grubauer because they thought Riley Smith's shot went in, and maybe it hit the post. Maybe <laughs>
1: Riley Smith. Thought it I'll went give in them. Too.
0: I'll give them somewhat a pass because of the crowd reaction. Like, the Pass. crowd went insane like it was a goal. So maybe you're reacting to that. But Marcia, so, to stick with it and to stay with it and to play off it, uh, I give him an A+. I, a I, plus. I, I thought he stayed with it. And, even, and by the way, even Carlson, who stayed with it, kind of said, I thought it kind of – He goes, it was very bizarre. Because I think they all thought it did. But then they realized, wait a minute, the red thing hasn't gone off. We don't see red in our eyes. So – um I thought it was, you know, good for Marshall. So he stuck with it and he got himself a goal. I mean, you know, again,
1: it's two different things because I think Grubauer, you have to, you know, you have to understand what's happening. So this is one of the best examples of hockey is dumb because we sit here and, and we, you know, have Emerson and, and Ryan Wallace on and ask him, all right, how are they shutting down Nathan McKinnon, right? The Golden Knights are slowing down Nathan McKinnon. How should the Golden Knights create offense? And this is how they score a goal where it hits off the post, Riley Smith thinks it went in, the crowd thinks it went in, Philip Grubauer is like at the face-off dot, not playing anymore because he thought it went in. Thought it was over. Yep. And the way they score is William Carlson got to the corner and just no look backhanded, throws it on net, and Jonathan Marshall happens to be there to tap it in. Hockey is dumb, A+. Plus. A plus, because the chaos Asterisk. is incredibly fun. The chaos, like the the sport of hockey, it's it's dumb to analyze and try to figure out. Okay, this is what you need to do to win because stuff like that happens. But the chaos factor is it's it's pretty much unmatched by any other sport. Like, there's no other sport. Eh, the U.S. game last night against Mexico was pretty chaotic, but there's pretty much no other sport where you're going to get that chaos that regularly. Have you
2: ever watched Kabaddi?
1: Oh yeah, you sent me a video. Yeah, I don't even remember what happened. They just there's it, there is no ball. They just tackle yeah, each other. It's literally like rugby, but they went. You know what's getting in the way? Yeah, the ball. Yeah, <laughs> they just hit. They just tackle and it's like for like a week or something, right? Yeah. Like it's not even like oh, this is an hour long game. It's I like have no week. idea
2: how the scoring works.
1: Yeah, there isn't score. Last man not last man alive wins. That's how the scoring works. Next topic: Robin Leonard's hat throw.
0: Oh, D. D. Man. I thought it was just like, first of all, he looked to, I think it was an assistant coach, whoever was standing to his left, he almost looked to him for like permission. And then he just kind of tossed it. He, there was no frisbee toss. It was just kind of a little flip. He's very close to the ice. So how can you give him like a good grade? I mean, like he's two feet off the ice. This guy. Uh, you and he gets the D because he just goes back in the locker room. They give him ten new. D. ones. He's not losing anything. Oh, that he's is not, a good point. He's not that. losing any money or anything. He goes. He actually tells one of like the the the, the lackeys, Jimmy, go get me another freaking hat. That, I mean, they do it.
1: That is a good point. I that, mean, I'm changing my grade just because, just because of that. Why 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 would free. we care if he does it? The hats are free for him. Yes. So he can.
0: Get as many as he wants. Yeah.
1: I'm going to give him an F because <laughs> F. He should have a stack of about ten. Oh, and just absolutely. Shucking them yes. because they're free to him. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on this. I mean,
2: what it would be funny if someone like had to like Sage had to go up to Robin Letter and be like, "Look, man, we." You gotta stop. You are gotta we, stop throwing hats. Are
1: we about to enter Sage into the Jiggy and Deuce category of we reference him by first name yes. and nobody yes. listening yes. knows yes. who yes. he yes. is? Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Why wouldn't
2: they go But the no. thing Sage, about it is, Sage
1: is media relations for the Golden Knights. For yes. those of you that are confused as to who the hell is best, in, the business, best about. in town. But I will say this:
0: he, Sage, might have to say that because if you go to the Armory, I think those hats are eighty-five dollars. <laughs> so they're Just probably losing a hell of a lot of money if Robin Leonard keeps chucking them onto the ice. Rob, <laughs> Robin, you
1: gotta stop. We're losing way too much money at the armory. All right, next topic to grade, and I'm I'm looking for an explanation on this cuz all I saw was a video on Twitter. I wasn't there in person to see it. The flaming sword that somebody had at the top of the castle um, before the game. F I don't know what he was doing except just like flipping it back and forth. It wasn't like a part of the. I have. I don't watch that stuff. Oh come on, Edge! What are
2: you doing? No,
0: I don't watch that stuff. I. I, I, What are you doing? I wait till that stuff. You got to go to the game. I I wait till the anthem starts and I stand up. Um, I don't know. I think it. Was this the same thing that melted the avalanche in the first game? All I know is he kept standing there flipping it back and forth. I'm like, anyone can do that. I mean, it, you know, throw it at someone or, like, t- toss it. it you know, toss it across the rink and, like, kill, kill the ice or something. I just thought it was— Throw the
1: flaming sword on the ice yes, and, I and don't impale know. a couple people on the way? I mean, people were already, I heard this, like,
0: going in a couple people said, oh, you know, it's 110. I hope the ice is all right. <laughs> all right. All right. That's not gonna have anything to do with anything. Um, so I I saw the video like you did, and I was actually at the game because I don't watch that stuff. So I mean it's one of those things where like I'm you know trying to, you know, get my mind into working and like looking up stuff and talking to Ben and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden the lights come on. And I'm like, all right, let's pay attention. I give Ed an F.
1: <laughs> F.
0: <laughs> Coming up next. The Wait, what are we gonna do? Selkie?
1: Do you want to do selkie? I want to do selkie All for right. one reason. Mark Stone is a selkie finalist. What's your grade? A for a. him, and C for Pete DeBoer. C
0: saying I think he should win because I'm because my guess is that was the same quote from Florida and Boston. <laughs> my guess is their coach said, "Ah, oh, you know, Boston. I think Patrice should win. You know, Florida. I think Alexander
1: should win." so we should have compiled quotes from other coaches saying yes, their guys. Yes, they'd say won. the
0: exact same thing. I think they're going to win. All right, I think they should win. I think yeah. they should win. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick. If one of the two, and I know what you're going to say, if one of the two, Flurry and or Stone, and I'm not saying they're both deserving of both the Vesna and and, and the Selkie. That's fine. They're both deserving. But if one of the two gets the sympathy, we got to reward this guy. Because remember when Stone was in Ottawa, he probably should have won it. He was way ahead, and I think they gave it a Bergeron. And obviously, Flurry's never even been a finalist. So if they both get... The uh, for who, the factions of vote for these things, the sympathy votes. Who's more of a sympathetic nature? I mean, it's I Fleury. know who you're going to say. It's Flurry. Okay, yeah,
1: he's like 90 years old. Mark yeah. Stone's still youngish. Yeah, yeah. Flurry's just. I knew you're going to say Flurry. And the problem with Flurry never being a Vesna finalist before. He's never had a good season before. He's never been a top five goalie no. in any goalie stat that we no. use to measure goalies until this season. Yeah. That's why he's never been a vested finalist, not because he's been robbed. So
0: should he have the sympathy vote? It's one thing if you're a finalist nine straight years, right?
1: He should win it, but not because he's old and hasn't won it before. All right. I'm just I'm
0: just saying, like people say that the GMs vote for it, and I've heard people say, well, they'll say, you know what, it's more of a career for him, career award. But if you've never been a finalist, how does that fit the narrative? If you're you know, if you're the finalist eight straight years and you don't get it, it's like, okay, they gotta give this guy one.
1: All right, here we go. Two tickets to British Rock Royalty coming to Las Vegas Ballpark on Saturday, June 26th. They'll be performing songs from The Who, Pink Floyd, David Bowie, Queen, and Led Zeppelin. The show will also feature state-of-the-art lighting, video, and lasers, followed by a firework display. We've got two tickets right now. 702-364-1100 is the number. We'll take caller number 7 at 702-364-1100. That is to go to see British Rock Royalty at Las Vegas Ballpark, 702 702- 364 1100.
0: Bischoff's Briefs.
2: We we take a lot of pride in being very analytical here.
1: Um, we use a lot of statistical data, tendencies. Bischoff's Briefs. Got a lot of respect for the percentages of blitz on second and one to six, third and five to ten.
0: Bischoff's Briefs.
1: We take analytics as far as we can, but at the end of the day, there's still a lot of human error that I continually make.
0: Bischoff's briefs.
3: I don't believe any of those statistics. I think it's all hot wire.
1: NBA expansion. Bring a team to Vegas. Jay Bloom. Have we figured out who Jay Bloom is? Um, he's talking a lot more now. A story in the Review Journal over the weekend. Jay Bloom potentially could be an owner that would bring an NBA expansion team to Vegas. He says he has the money to do it and that he wants to do it. He has partnered up with uh, Tony Robbins, a motivational speaker and Marcus Banks, a former UNLV basketball player. But Jay Bloom, first off one detail that he gave uh, over the weekend was this quote. It is an unknown, but we hope next year, maybe we will see the league come to a decision, which would kind of put 2022 as a target year, according to Jay Bloom for NBA expansion. I think, think he's actually underselling it because I would guess the NBA starts the expansion process this summer because the whole reason that they're considering expansion is the pandemic. The NHL had a $3.6 billion drop in revenue. The NBA might have had even more in terms of a drop in revenue. And if you look at expansion, the expansion fees are expected to be $2.5 billion or more per team. So the NBA could conceivably make $5 billion just by expanding to two teams and make up for all the losses that they had during the pandemic. So that to me is why I think there's a chance that this process gets started as soon as possible. Because if you're an NBA owner and you're trying to recover money you didn't make during the pandemic... Why would you wait a year or two years to do it? Why wouldn't you get that done as fast as possible? Because again, you're trying to make up the money you didn't earn in 2019 or 2020 that you normally expect. Plus, there was this quote back in February from Adam Silver to the Associated Press. It would not be appropriate to expand right now, given where our focus is on trying to work through this season. All our attention is on getting the business back to being fully operable as quickly as possible. When I read that quote, I view fully operable as the league being back to normal after the pandemic, the league being able to, A, have their schedule back to normal because it's pushed back this year and they didn't play 82 games, and B, being able to have full capacity crowds. And we're on track that by the time next season starts, they're going to be at full capacity crowds in every single arena for every sport in the country. So the league would be back to fully operable and that it would now be appropriate to talk about expansion once this season is over. So that's my expectation. Now, how quickly does the NBA jump into it? I'm not sure, but my guess is that once this season is over, once this playoff season ends, at some point in the offseason, the NBA is going to announce that, hey, we're expanding, we're adding teams, and maybe they're far enough along that, hey, we're going to Seattle, we're going to Vegas, these are the ownership groups, we're good to go, or maybe it's more of an open bidding process to hear what cities and ownership groups have to basically put into it. But I think this summer we start hearing, hey, NBA expansion is happening, and this is the process, however the NBA wants to do it. I agree with you. I just don't think this guy's getting a team. There are some red flags in there. So Jay Bloom talking (laughs) to the Review Journal, uh, two things stuck out to me. Number one, he declined to comment on if he has spoken to the NBA. Now, Uh I know the NBA hasn't officially Announced expansion. So Jay Bloom probably can't come out and say, yeah, I talked to Adam Silver. This is how the conversation went. But Jay Bloom has literally talked about everything else in this process. In that story, he even talked about uh, nicknaming the team and how it would be a community effort and where he would put an arena, where the team would play, right? Like he's talked about all these details that are so far down the line, but he wouldn't comment on if he's talked to the league. That was a red flag. And maybe the bigger one, was this quote where I'm assuming he was asked, are you a billionaire? And his response was, it depends on how you count assets. That's what they're calling me. The expansion fee is $2.5 <laughs> $2. billion. <laughs> and if this guy is a billionaire on like some technicality, <laughs> I don't know that this is really That's happening. the whole thing of, like, what are you worth on paper?
2: <laughs> Who was the guy that, while he was being just deposed... Basically said, well, I'm either worth, you know, 20 million or a billion, depending on my mood that each day. <laughs> I can't remember who it was, but he was like in quarters. just like, so you just change your net worth based on like feeling like a billionaire today.
0: Yeah. So we're not we're pretty sure that this guy has not talked to the NBA as much as Carolyn Goodman talked to Major League <laughs> Baseball, supposedly.
1: Carolyn Goodman's probably talked to the NBA more than this guy, to be honest. Because no one could
0: really find proof that she talked to Major League Baseball. So that was a little weird. Uh, But she has probably talked to a lot of people. Um, I just, there's too many red flags. I'm just, I don't, you read his bio, you read the resume. And the first thing I thought about, I don't know about you, is the owners aren't improving. And because I don't think the owners have to improve them, because I think there'll be more people with a lot of money that want an expansion team. There's no way Jay Bloom is the only guy, well, we don't know how much money he has, let's say he has money, that would want an NBA expansion team if they could come here, given what the Golden Knights had done and, and what the Raiders did in getting the money. There'll be, a, I think there'd be a lot of people lining up for
1: that. You I do. You don't think he's going to sell them on his one helicopter in New Jersey story? Come on. That was a great story. He one maybe, helicopter he'll offer, maybe, maybe he'll offer, you know what, he could have.
0: you could offer si- silver one of those houses for five grand. Because remember he had some kind of weird delinquent house business yes. where people got the houses. He for like buys 5, delinquent
1: loans and gets like the people house for a few thousand. For,
0: he'll say, "Adam, you you have a little money yourself, but listen, I can give you a house okay. for five grand." I mean, does, if I'm silver, I'm like, "Well, we got to get this guy."
2: Does that sound kind of like a slumlord to anyone else? And the last time the worse, uh,
0: worse? worse, worse,
2: okay, worse. And the last time the uh, NBA had an owner who was a slum
0: lord, he owned the Clippers. Worse, yeah. <laughs> a little worse actually. What was his thing in terms of a? The mob museum or something? No, was it was a
1: mob, uh, experience. The mob experience. experience. But it went bankrupt. In 2012, it opened. I don't even know what it was, honestly. Um, I'm assuming it was similar to the mob museum, but I
0: don't but know. But was, it wasn't here. You was sh- it it was here. No, it was, it was? It was here. here. Yeah. 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 You shake
1: people and, down for money. And it was bankrupt after seven months.
0: Yeah, I don't like his chances.
1: And I gotta, I'd have to go read again, but I think he was accused of not paying a lot of people. <laughs> And that in that whole mob experience. But uh but hey, he won a $2.2 billion lawsuit with his company that buys delinquent loans. So there's money there. How much of that, I don't know. And he doesn't even appear to know because he says that's know. what they're calling Maybe me. that's he, why he
0: doesn't know how much he's worth because that delinquent home well, people are like appealing it. And it's uh, all uh, <laughs> it's held Of course, he goes, Well, if I win, I'll be worth this much. If I lose, I'm worth $6 million. Yeah, well, I mean, well, like, he's, he's waiting got, around for the judgment on that.
2: He's got a structured settlement and he needs cash now.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean, he does have a settlement. And I, I just, look, I don't know. I talked to, I'll just say I left, well, you were I, Talked to a couple, uh, one prominent owner in town, and the word back was, I don't know who that person is. And usually this person would know other billionaires. Uh, and he goes, I don't know
2: There's who that not is. enough billionaires for them not to know right. each there's, other. Yeah, they,
0: if you're in the Forbes 500 list, which, by the way, this guy isn't, but you're on that list, you kind of know who the other billionaires are, and this guy had zero clue about who Jay Bloom was. So
1: we're not giving Jay Bloom a good chance to land it in no,
0: I, <laughs> I think there's. I think you're hit it square on the head that they're going to try to expand because of the money they've lost. I just don't think this guy's going to be in line.
2: I say that there is a more likely chance that LeBron James at 40 is becomes player owner coach GM.
1: The only, the only question I still would have, well, there's a lot, but the main question I would still have on the Jay Bloom group, who else is in the group? Cause conceivably there could be somebody else in their group that has a lot of money as well. I well, I don't know what the number is, but Tony Robbins has a fortune, I'm sure. Oh, I, he's done. I don't know how much he's worth either. but He's worth a who, lot. Who else? Because somebody else could have a lot of money. In, well, Marcus and Banks isn't going to have, as no, a, playing league, as much as... Yeah, he's not going to have 2.5 billion dollars. Or, yeah. or Tony Robbins. So, who else could be in that group that could have enough money to make this work? All right, coming up next, Jamison Welch joins the show to get back into the NBA playoffs.
0: Our stats hogwash? Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney.
3: We were supposed to run a play, and he wasn't in his spot, and then I looked at him. He was grimacing, so it sucks. It sucks. It sucks out because I, I want I want him to be out there. I know how much he cares. I know how much he wants to be in this moment. It sucks. I, you know, wish he just, uh, him a speedy recovery. We're going to keep him involved as, as much as possible, but it's just a bad
0: break. We're back to the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff.
1: Joining us now is Jameson Welsh, follow on Twitter at The Jameson with two E's in The Jameson. How are you this hey, Jameson.
3: morning? Doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me as always. Yep. Definitely appreciate it.
1: Do you know who Jay Bloom is? That name sounds familiar.
3: <laughs> uh, it sounds familiar. I don't know off top, though.
1: Uh, he is a guy that is saying he's got an ownership group trying to bring an NBA team to Las Vegas, but nobody really knows much
3: about him. That's where the name came from. I've, I've read a lot of articles over the last week about expansion, and almost every sport is like going to Vegas, but uh, mainly baseball and basketball. And uh, I, I, that's where I found, that's where I heard the name. And I mean, there's always people who want a basketball team on their resume because people got to realize like sports franchises, the operations side doesn't make a lot of money, it's an overall portfolio play. Saying, "Hey, I own this," or "Hey, I'm part owner in that." It's more for the ego and for the portfolio, not necessarily for the day-to-day wealth. It doesn't really work that way. So, I'm not surprised if he does have people lined up to put up money for that, because I believe the expansion fee is probably going to be like two point five to three billion dollars to enter in the NBA. So, that doesn't surprise me one bit.
0: Isn't this the easiest way for them to get over the pandemic losses and just expand two teams, and they'll get six billion dollars?
3: It is, but you gotta. Where you add two teams, the quality of the league goes down because that's 15 to 17 more roster spots you add, and the talent pool gets stretched even thinner. So yes, there's a lot of talent in the league, but there would be a a point in time, probably in a couple years, where you're gonna have the have and the have not, and that group, that disparity, would be rather large. But um looks like minnesota might be moving like that's the thing we keep on saying why like, here's some stuff with a rod group that looks like that there's some stuff in the contract where they can get out of that contract easily or they can move the team to seattle or vegas and it looks like that's probably going to be the case
1: all right before we look at the teams that are still playing mavericks losing game seven Luka Doncic had 40 and 14 assists yesterday are the Mavericks ever going to be good enough to actually be contenders? Like are they going to be able to get help for Luka? Do players want to go play with Luka in Dallas?
3: So Luka's a very good player. Uh, however, that's a very good question because you think of it Luca is basically doing what James Harden did in Houston. You know, dribble dribble dribble, I run the whole show, you guys stand around and you know, shoot when I pass to you. And that only goes so far. And Dallas doesn't have the talent those Houston teams had at all. Um, and they, they got Porzingis on a bad contract for what they have him doing or what his body may be allowing him to do. So with all that being said, if they're going to do something, they got to move Porzingis or they got to hope they can incorporate him in their offense better because, as of right now, they're not getting the $30 million they're paying him out of him. They're just not. So they're probably better off moving him if they can. If they can move him, great. If they can't, they're in trouble because they can't really improve the roster any other way. The draft picks aren't really great, and honestly, when it comes to free agents, Dallas isn't a destination like that. It's not L.A., not Miami, not Houston. It's not even Phoenix, to be honest with you. And Phoenix is a nice place to go to, <laughs> but Dallas is like in the middle to low tier of the free agent destination. I mean, it's not Milwaukee or Utah, but it ain't L.A. or, or New York either. I uh,
0: want to go to the uh, next series we talked about earlier today, um... What do you think about Clippers Jazz? I mean, Jazz again, number one seed. I don't, you know, there's still people out there, perhaps because they haven't, you know, done anything in a while. It's like, are they real believers? Or is this a real team? Van Gundy, when he's signing off yesterday, says Clippers can win the NBA title. Where do you put this series?
3: It's a good series. Uh, you have two teams that, when Clippers are talented, when fully healthy and fully engaged, the Jazz are the probably the definition of a team that they have. Everyone knows their roles. Everyone's been together for a little while, so there's a lot of familiarity there. Uh, it's going to be a good series. I have the Jazz win the series based off of their their home record and the way they shoot the three ball and their overall defense. I know what I'm getting from the Jazz game to game. I know what to expect. The Clippers, you don't know what to expect. Like one game, they could look like the best team in the league. The next game, they could look terrible. So it's just you just don't know what to expect. And Kawhi is an amazing player. But going seven games with Dallas was probably a game or two too much. And having to dig deep in order to stay alive, those things wear on you now. Can he do the same thing in this series? Quite possibly. But I'm not going to bet on that. I think it's a little bit different with Utah. Um, If he has to guard Jonathan Mitchell for any part of this series, it's not a good thing. Uh, But we'll see. You know, we'll see. But I think we have a good series ahead of us
1: none of the teams in the West have ever won an NBA title. The Sixers are the last team of the eight remaining to have won it most recently. And that was in 1983. Uh, do you enjoy that? We're seeing new teams contend for an NBA title this year.
3: I don't mind it, but the team thing is weird because the NBA doesn't really market teams. It markets players. So there's players that have won it. You know, Kawhi has won uh, you know, a couple Kevin a has won a couple. Kyrie Irving has won one. So, Even though, like you mentioned, the teams haven't necessarily won one uh, recently, or some of them never, the players have. So that's the the interesting thing about this. Like, for instance, we could throw out Atlanta. Atlanta's probably not going to win one this year. Denver's probably not going to win this year. Um, You know, and, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. You know, Phoenix probably won't win, but there's a chance, but they probably won't. Um, The winner's probably going to come from the East. When you think about it, the winner's probably. Are going to be Brooklyn or Philly or Milwaukee? Like, that's kind of how it's breaking down at the moment. Can somebody from the West do something? Maybe. But right now it's looking like the winner is going to come from the East. But the Nets are an ABA transfer team, and uh, to be honest with you, they are a very interesting situation. Because if this Nets situation works out, we're going to see more and more players try something similar. It may not be the exact type of formation, but we're going to see something similar in the near future.
0: Is it cool when you get to this time of year and they're, they're not seen a lot unless you have like the NBA uh, ticket? Uh, but people across the uh, nation the other day almost seemed, some seemed that don't see him a lot. How good Devin Booker is?
3: Yeah, I mean he plays in the Mountain Time Zone, and the Mountain Time Zone is a dead time zone to NBA fans and people because it's not the Pacific Time Zone, it's not Central, it's not the East Coast. Um, you know, so it's one of those things where on the West Coast you got the two LA teams, you got the Warriors. Those are the teams people are concerned about. After that, everything is an afterthought. So, yeah, the Suns get forgotten out west, but he's been so good for a very long time. I remember a Team USA, I want to say it was in 16, uh, when he was on the select team, actually, and he was holding his own, and he was looking very good. And at the end of the Team USA workouts, uh, I know you guys have probably both been there. You guys see the guys going one-on-one, playing King of the Hill versus other great players. So, yeah, like you can see that he was different. Like He wasn't just happy to be there. There's a lot of other younger guys that were in the same draft and, you know, uh, you know same age and same draft class that were there and they aren't the same as him. So um, you could tell he was different, and he's able to showcase that on the highest form right now. So it's really good to see. All
1: right, Sixers and Hawks. Should it be uh, the Hawks are going to be a real problem and the Sixers can't guard Trey Young, or is it – the Hawks couldn't miss a three, nearly blew the game at the end, and the Sixers will be fine. Don't overreact to game one.
3: I would go with the latter just because they were like a, a you know, a breakaway foul call away from that <laughs> game being a lot closer <laughs> than it, it, was, I, it ended up being because if they don't foul, they let going to get the dunk. It's a five-point game with like 18 seconds left. The way things were going, Philly would have had a chance to win that game at the end if they just would have let the guy get the dunk. Now, once you do an in intentional foul, and you got free throws, you got another possession, then the game kind of gets out of hand. But, um, but it was a good win for Atlanta because Atlanta's never been here before. So for them to battle adversity, almost give it up, but then find a way to come through, that was a good thing for them. It was, it was good to see them uh, take care of business there and get, get it done. Like That was a, a good win for a very young team. But I think Philly still wins the series if Embiid is relatively healthy. He looked healthy on offense. Defense, he looked a little hesitant, uh, more than usual, when, he, when he's out there, when he's healthy, he moves very well and is able to blow a pick-and-roll. But, you know, that's going to be an interesting situation to monitor going forward because his health is always an, an ongoing issue. And Ben Simmons at the free throw line in close games, you can't have that guy that's out there shooting worse than Shaq with the ball in his hands in close games. It just doesn't work that well.
0: We, we haven't talked to you um, since – I don't think we've talked to you since the Brad Stevens saga in Boston and, and Ainge going out. But also I want to talk about coaching – Jason Kidd takes himself out of the Portland job, and I don't even know how much he was in it. Was he the leading candidate? All of a sudden he comes out and says, I'm not a, I am not. don't want to be a candidate there. I understand why it's a weird job, and I don't know if they can get over the top. Then people say, no, he's waiting for Frank Vogel, and Jeannie wants to be the coach, and Brad Stevens wants him. So two-part question. Why is Jason Kidd supposedly such a leading candidate, and were you surprised what happened with the Celtics, and would he be a candidate there? Uh,
3: he's definitely a candidate with the Celtics. What happened in Portland is this. There uh, was a report that Dame Miller wanted Jason Kidd to get the job. One of the, once the Stocks news came out, there was a report that hey, Dame wanted Jason Kidd. So that's where that came from. Um, but Portland has a lot of things going on. They have a not necessarily a new ownership group, but Paul Allen died a couple of years ago, so the family's running the team now instead of him. Secondly, they lost in the first round versus the Denver team, so now you got to make changes to the roster. So that means. B.J.'s probably going to get traded. You're not going to bring back this same roster. Um, If they end up blowing it up, game probably doesn't want to stay there. So you're Jason Kidd. You're looking at everything. And, hey, they may fire a GM as well. When they fire a GM, that means that GM's bringing his own coach. Well, Jason Kidd's been around the block now. He knows how the NBA works. He's not taking that job. It would be a bad decision to take that job right now because there's so many unknown things going on. Um, When it comes to the Boston job, it was very interesting that took place. I've heard that Chauncey Billups is going to be the guy to probably get that job, uh, but who knows? There's always things going on regarding different, you know, different jobs, and you know, sometimes guys turn it down I have second thoughts. I've heard Chauncey's the guy in that, but Jason Kidd's going to have another a third opportunity to be a head coach soon. I don't think he'll be with Lakers because Vogel's done a really good job all days considered, uh, but he will have a, another opportunity shortly.
1: Do you think the Nets can still win the title if James Harden is done?
3: Uh, no, they need him at least on the court because him being on the court still keeps everything spread. When you play a good team, they can shrink the court. If you got a third guy out there, that's not necessarily the, the biggest threat. Uh, if you're able to, if, if James is out there and relatively healthy, you got to pay so much respect and attention to those three guys. It's very difficult. So guys like Joe Harris, just get open shot. Mike James came from the, um, the, Mos- um, uh, the Moscow team, uh, team Pro in Moscow. And came over here getting buckets because there's so much floor space, there's so many open lanes, and he's good. But that's you know what I'm saying—they really got somebody from overseas to come in and just go to work, and that's how good they are when they got guys out there. I mean, man, they are—they are the favorites. Like, they are definitely the favorites um, as long as they stay healthy. I don't see anyone beating them. Like at first, I thought they would have some issues defensively, and they still might. But man. You're going to have to be on all <laughs> systems, go versus them, that chance.
1: Well, he is Jameson Welsh. Again, follow him on Twitter at The Jamison. As always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Jameson.
3: Not a problem. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I guess. Bucks in six.
0: I mean, uh, I guess kid's been a candidate for a while. It was just weird oh. the other day when he's like, I'm taking my name out, and I'm like, oh, are you the leading candidate? Yeah, it's very strange when he, like, took his name out of the running. He was a disaster right in Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't and he
2: was really bad with the Nets.
1: He's okay. He is like the less bad version of Mark Jackson, where Mark Jackson had Steph Curry and the Warriors and they were a playoff team, but that was it. They made the playoffs and got eliminated. Steve Kerr comes in. They start and start winning titles. Like the greatest team the sport has seen. Right. Right. And then Jason Kidd's kind of the same way. He had Giannis in Milwaukee. They weren't very good. Budenholzer comes in. Granted, they haven't actually won anything in the playoffs, but Budenholzer comes in and takes them from basically a mid-level East playoff team to what if they had the best record over the last three years in Mm -hmm. the Eastern Conference? Like They've been a dominant team in the regular season. Like Jason Kidd is kind of the Mark Jackson where that guy should probably never coach again because he had something special and couldn't do anything with it at all. I read something yesterday where... Like I told Jameson, Jeannie
0: wanted him to be the head coach. They went with Vogel, but if Vogel doesn't win next year, he's out and Jason Kidd's in. I'm like, Really? Like the, you're waiting around and Vogel doesn't win a title next year, then you're going to Jason Kidd? I don't know. That, I just I, I don't see the fascination because of what we've seen him do as a head coach, and he seems to be the lead well, he's been the leading candidate for UNLV six times. This guy's I mean he's led that he's been the candidate for that job for like ten years now. Does
2: does that not feel like them being like, All right, Steve Kerr? you don't win this year we're bringing back luke walton yeah it's just it's like what but but i actually won the ring just
1: i don't know all right coming up next nick Saban is going to be coaching at alabama till he dies
3: there's a fly ball to left field and deep and gone albert can still hit him out his ninth home run of the year 23 runs batted
0: in you're sitting in the press box with Granny and Bischoff on ESPN Las
3: Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at granny and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
1: still hit him. All right. Did you know Nick Saban didn't already have a lifetime contract? No. I didn't know
0: that. I, I, just, <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't he? I don't know. Well, if there's one guy <laughs> hey, in that's...
2: college
1: football who needs a lifetime contract, it would he, be that he's guy. He's got to prove it. He, uh... <laughs> Signed a contract extension today that will take him through 2029. Uh, he will be 77 when that contract comes to an end. Is he? Do you think he's going to coach that long? Well, him. Well, there's a we, good chance. There's he a good steps, chance. Steps yeah. down. And he's yeah, but, 75, I believe, right I now. Mean, or will be next year.
0: Yeah, but he didn't make the tournament last year. Saban <laughs> just wins national titles. So if you keep winning <laughs> national titles, I just do why is he going to quit. He, to me... Jared and I are talking during the break. See, I think Saban is even more of a perfectionist than Shashevsky, though. Sabin, I think, is at a completely different level with his perfectionism and, and winning and the drive and everything. I mean, the, again, the, the, the stories are almost urban legend, but they're probably true where he'll win a national championship, and bef- as he's going to the locker room, you know, guys are handing him a cell phone. He's on the phone with recruits, and he never stops. So I don't know if he's going to last till 77. Who knows about that? But I would think... He's signing it. Think he's going to last to seventy seven. I don't think he'd sign it if he didn't think he was going to last that long.
1: Do you think he'll ever want to leave? Like he tried now, the NFL. I'd say no. Now he's been at other college jobs. You don't think he'd ever? I don't think- know if he's ever been in a job like this though. Yeah, and that's. I mean, what, he is. I can't. Im- I, we say this all the time. I can't
0: imagine at any level how he's treated in Tuscaloosa. I, I can't imagine. He hasn't made a house payment. Yeah
2: since the mid 2000s uh, when's
0: the last time in in tesluci paid for a meal right and that and i mean that there's something to be said about that i mean he's treated like a
1: god you guys aren't wrong and i would be absolutely satisfied with life i would never want to go anywhere like that's perfectly fine with me but like college coaches and college athletes are not normal and the idea of i need to prove it somewhere else or whatever like but get, it would be it would only be the NFL. I guess. Like, okay, what happens? Because this has happened in the NBA where the media conversations around how many titles do you have has now become right. the dominant thing of how we judge players. What happens if we're turning on Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless in two years and it's, you know, is is Nick Saban the greatest football coach ever? And all we hear is no, he sucked in the NFL? Right? Does, does Nick Saban become like an NBA player and think, well, Jesus, I got to go prove it in the NFL at some point? Yeah. I, that's the only thing I can think. Because, like, I mean, maybe if he's he 16, not 70. Yeah. I mean, but most people are like, yeah, I'll be the head coach of Alabama until I. Can't get out oh. of bed in the yeah, morning because exactly. this is phenomenal. Yeah. But coaches and athletes are different where right. it's like, oh, somebody slighted me. I have a chip on my shoulder, yes. even though I'm one of the five most successful people at what I've done in the history of the world. Would an NFL team hire him in his 70s? Yes. Oh,
0: probably. Come, I mean, hey, I, hire I, I'm
1: just Biger. asking. They hired John Gruden.
0: <laughs> what? He's not in his 70s?